You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what's going on? It's your boy Sosa Cremendas, a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 Design Masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. Welcome to another Thursday edition of the Locked On Rams podcast. I appreciate you guys for checking back in with me. As you guys know, on Thursdays, we host our crossover episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network, and we're going to dive into that in just a moment, but I wanted to share a quick injury update with you guys that relates to the Los Angeles Rams, and obviously, it's pretty big news. So to begin, wide receiver Cooper Cup has been activated off the COVID-19 reserve list, meaning he is likely to play on Saturday against the Seattle Seahawks in their NFC playoff divisional matchup. And not only that, but left tackle Andrew Whitworth is going to get activated to the 53-man roster at some point this week per Sean McVay, and he would start if he feels good enough. So it sounds as of right now that Andrew Whitworth and Cooper Cup are both going to return to the lineup for the Rams on offense, and obviously that is huge news because they're both tremendous players and they are both going to provide a massive spark for the offense that has largely struggled over the last four, five, six weeks even. So that's good news for the Rams. We don't have any clarity on the quarterback situation just yet, and we probably won't have any throughout the rest of the week because head coach Sean McVay has stated that he's going to keep it close to his vest in terms of who's going to play, what Jared Goff's status is in this game, and who he's ultimately going to roll with. So very good stuff there. Unfortunately for us, we're going to have to probably wait for the pregame inactives to really get a feel for who the Rams are going to roll with at the quarterback spot. But that is all we've got for you on this injury update. And now we're going to dive into our crossover episode between Locked On Seahawks host Corbin Smith and myself for the third time this season. Greetings to the 12s and Ram Nation. It's time for Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Corbin Smith of Locked On Seahawks, joining forces once again with Sosa Cremenges of Locked On Rams. Sosa, it feels like it hasn't been that long since I talked to you here. I think this is our second crossover now in three weeks. Yeah, and our third total. I feel like I can't get away from you right now. So yeah, uh, I, I pity you. I pity yeah. you. You have to deal with me that much. But um, yeah. we predicted this a few weeks ago. I think both of us were anticipating the Seahawks and the Rams were going to get another date against each other. We didn't know how that Week 16 contest was going to play out, but the Seahawks held on for a 20-9 to victory at Lumen Field, won the NFC West. So they are now the three seed. The Rams are the six seed. They managed to get a win with a backup quarterback in John Wolford last week to get into the playoffs. And so here we are, and we've got a grudge match coming up. Both teams won a game in the regular season, and winner's going to advance the divisional round. The loser... Season's over. Time to start preparing for 2021. So I've got to start. First big question here. I mentioned John Wolford, and I know you talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about the future of Jared Goff, and 
you were pretty excited about John Wolford. You just didn't realize you were going to get to talk about him this much with Jared Goff injuring his thumb, having surgery. Goff did practice today for the Rams, but no idea who's going to play under center. I guess my big question, if you're Sean McVay, who are you rolling with this weekend against the Seahawks? Are you going to bring Goff back into the lineup, or are you going to go with Wolford, who got a victory in his first NFL start? Yeah, like you mentioned, Jared Goff was a limited participant in practice today. Uh, so obviously he has the broken, well, I guess not broken anymore, but the formerly broken thumb. He had surgery on it right after the Seahawks game and missed week 17. And they went with John Wolford, who, you know, if anyone follows me on Twitter or has kept up with me at all for the last year and a half, uh, dating back to my first exposure of Wolford in the preseason for the Rams in 2019, I've been a huge fan of the guy. I think he's got it similar to like what you know Seahawks fans probably felt when they seen Russell Wilson the first time you know the Seahawks went into that season expecting Matt Flynn to be the quarterback and then you just look at a guy and he has it you can feel it uh there's a difference when you know a guy that's a five-year veteran like Goff looks lost in the pocket at times and then you look at a guy like Wolford who just has that poise he doesn't look to ever be uncomfortable he doesn't ever look to be lost and you know I think I put a lot of stock into things like that um, I look at the mobility of Wolford, who had 56 rushing yards last game. And I dropped this on, you know, the Lockdown Rams podcast this week already multiple times. But John Wolford had 56 rushing yards last week. Jared Goff in 15 games this season had 99. So he had more than half of what Goff had all season. And he had more in one game than Jared Goff had in the entire 2019 season. And so I look at, you know, the higher floor in terms of the mobility, uh, the way that he can create out of structure. And then when you top it all off, and you talk about Jared Goff's, you know, inconsistencies when it comes to turning the ball over and not only that, but his health, right? I think it's fair to say that even if he does play in this game, he's probably not going to be a hundred percent. He might be 90% or 95%. I think you got to go with Wolford. I think it makes too much sense not to. And then when you factor in the last few tips of, you know, Andrew Whitworth coming back in and Cooper cup sounding like he's going to go, I mean, the, the offense might be better than they were in week 17, which I expect him to be. And then I think John Wolford's job becomes a little bit easier. So, you know, I would ride with Wolford, even if Jared Goff is healthy enough to play in this game. Uh, but I do know that that probably sounds insane. And the coaching staff is likely going to go with Goff if he is healthy. Uh, but they haven't been, you know, inclined to share that info. And they said in Sean McVay's presser, he said that he's not going to share the info when it comes to the quarterbacks. He's not going to name a starter. And so I guess we're going to have to, just basically patiently wait until, you know, the pregame and actives come out. So for me, I would go Wolford, but I'm expecting Goff to go. Yeah, that's kind of how I'm leaning, being on the uh, other side of the equation here, watching what Wolford brings to the table. His mobility certainly is something that adds a different element to the table than what the Seahawks are used to facing when Jared Goff is back there. But he is your longtime starter. He's getting paid big bucks if he's healthy. I would think McVay is going to roll with his proven starter that has led this team to a Super Bowl before. I know Pete Carroll was really impressed by what he saw with Wolford bouncing back from that early interception and playing really well the rest of the game. So Seattle's going to be preparing for both of them to play on Saturday. You mentioned Andrew Whitworth. Running back Cam Akers back as well. Neither one of those players suited up in Week 16 for the Rams. Cooper Cup did suit up in that game. He was just out last week, but he's back off the COVID-19 list. So 
they should be near full strength on offense away from knowing what the quarterback situation looks like. Last time you said Cam Akers was the bigger loss, not having him out there than compared to Andrew Whitworth. But now that you've got both these guys back in the lineup, what does this mean for both the run game and the passing game, regardless of who is under center? I think it's going to be big news for the Rams. Obviously, Andrew Whitworth, you know, even at his advanced age, has been an elite left tackle this season. And I, you know, mentioned that the last time we talked is that Joe Noteboom, his replacement, was playing fine, but Jared Goff was pressured 18 times in that game. That's a whole lot of pressures and a whole lot more than the Rams offensive line allowed in the first game against the Seahawks. And, you know, it comes as no surprise that they had a worse offensive game. So I think the return of Whitworth is going to be large. Uh, It's going to allow the offensive line to slide help the opposite way. So you can't really understate how important that's going to be. Then you talk about Cooper Cup, you know, the number one weapon on third down, the guy who's going to move the chains, who's going to keep you in manageable situations on third down and, you know, ahead of the chains and things like that. So he's going to be important. Uh, I think he's probably a little bit less important than a guy like Whitworth. But then again, you mentioned Akers as well. He did suit up in week 17 for the Rams, only about a week and a half after suffering a high ankle sprain. So that's pretty crazy. And he touched the ball a lot. I think he ran the ball 21 times, if I'm not mistaken. So he looks to be pretty healthy. So, you know, I expect him to basically be the number one running back in this game again. I think he's probably going to eclipse 20 touches regardless of who the quarterback is. And the Rams seem to finally be getting, you know, back to health right on schedule and right on time. You can't really ask for a better uh, time to get healthy on offense. And I think that all three players are going to have a positive effect when it comes to these final scoreboard and the output that the Rams can, you know, put out there when it comes to their offense. And we've had a couple crossover specials already, so we've had plenty of time to talk about the stars on this Rams defense. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey going up against DK Metcalf. They've got a ton of talent at all three levels of the defense, but I want to take a moment to talk about the guy that I believe is the underrated star on this Rams defense, and he has had a lot of success against the Seahawks this year, and that is Darius Williams. What a year that he has had in the Rams secondary. Really kind of came out of nowhere and had a huge season and picked Russell Wilson off twice in Week 10. He probably should have had a pick six in that game back in Week 16, but it bounced off of his hands. What is it that has allowed him to have this breakout season, and why do you think he's had Russell Wilson's number to this point? I, I can't remember a secondary player, an individual player, having this much success against Russell Wilson in his career. Yeah, Darius Williams has been a godsend for the Rams, really. You look back to you know where he came from. He was an undrafted player. Uh, he played for multiple colleges. He was on the Ravens team, on the Baltimore Ravens, and you know he got cut. He went to the Rams. He was on the practice squad on the 53-man roster as a backup special teamer, and now as a starter. So this is his first season starting in the NFL, and I think he's earned himself you know, not only the right to continue starting, but a huge contract, which is probably going to come his way, if not this offseason, next offseason. But, uh, you know, you look at his play, and he's, in my opinion, one of the most instinctive and underrated cornerbacks in football. I think he's, I mean, he's shown the ability that he has amazing ball skills. I mean, he's pulling catches in like receivers. Uh, he's got very good eyes. He's very instinctive, like I mentioned. Uh, he's good at reading routes, and he's been very, very good in press coverage. So, you know, you look at him versus Russell Wilson in specific, I'm not really sure why he keeps getting Wilson, but you know, he's only allowed a 25.3 passer rating in his coverage against the Seahawks, which is just absurdly low. I mean, if Russell Wilson threw the ball in the dirt, 
he would have a 39.8 passer rating. So worse than just throwing the ball away every single play. Uh, and then you mentioned, you know, the dropped interception potential pick six in the last game. And, and I think it kind of shows, you know, who Williams is as a player. You've seen Tyler Lockett coming in uh, motion across the formation, runs a five-yard hook route, stops. And Darius Williams' ability to kind of read that really quickly and jump the route and, and go to make a play on the ball was very impressive. Now, he didn't pull in the catch. And I think that was probably his first dropped interception all season because, like I mentioned, his hands have been really good. You know, it just kind of shows who he is as a player. And I think, you know, this season has been outstanding for him. Obviously, I think he was a Pro Bowl snub. Now, I didn't expect him to get in just by way of, you know, how the Pro Bowl works. They, it's always a, a name contest and things like that. But, you know, you look at Jalen Ramsey, you look at Troy Hill, uh, you look at Darius Williams. I think this is the best cornerback group in football right now. And I wouldn't be shocked if he somehow finds a way to get Russell Wilson once again. We'll see. I know Russell Wilson's going to be keeping a close eye on where he's at because Williams has just seemed to jump a lot of routes and Wilson's been kind of staring down his receiver and it's just not normal for Wilson to do that. So you know he's gone back and looked at the film, especially after that play that was dropped and he's hoping he doesn't have that happen again. These two teams know each other so well. We've had a chance to talk about so many different players in the roster, the three meetings between these teams. Let's talk X factors here going into this wildcard game, maybe under the radar names, one player on offense and one player on defense that you think are going to have an opportunity to really be difference makers on whether the Rams advance or they're done for the 2020 season. You know, ironically enough, I'm going to go with two guys that you literally just asked me about. I got to go with John Wolford on offense if he's starting, uh, which, you know, could very well happen. And I think even if Jared Goff does start, that Wolford will find his way onto the field. I think the Rams are going to try to take advantage of his skill set, and they might use him in some sort of a Taysom Hill-like role if Goff is good to go. Uh, but if he isn't, you know, I got to go with Wolford. I think the Rams showed a lot of interesting things on tape last week that we haven't seen from Sean McVay, obviously, because Wolford brings a different skill set to the table than Jared Goff does. He throws the ball deeper. Uh, he's willing to give his receivers a chance downfield. Uh, you've seen a lot more routes developing downfield for him by way of the play calling. And then you've seen the stuff that Jared Goff just is never going to be able to do in terms of, you know, RPOs and zone reads and read options and straight up QB runs, QB power, things like that. So I think, you know, if Sean McVay can get a chance to start John Wolford in this game, I think he's going to come into this game with a very interesting game plan that we really haven't seen from McVay because he's never really had a mobile quarterback. Jared Goff has started pretty much every game over the course of the last five years. And so, you know, there's really no tape out there. There's really no expectations out there other than the past week. And I think we've seen a little glimpse of how genius Sean McVay can be when he comes to having a dual threat quarterback. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I got to go with Darius Williams. We just talked about him. Uh, you know, he's a special player. He's a special talent. I think Russell Wilson is probably going to want to avoid Jalen Ramsey. That would probably be a wise decision. Uh, you've seen the Seahawks motioning DK Metcalf away from Ramsey in the past contest. And that made sense because you don't want DK Metcalf to line up against Ramsey every single snap. Why not move him and get him some matchups against Darius Williams, against, you know, Troy Hill and guys like that. Uh, so I would say, you know, continue staying away from Jalen Ramsey. I think that makes sense. But then you got to go in the direction of Darius Williams, who is one of the most instinctive cornerbacks in football right now. And so, you know, he's been beat a little bit more over the second half of the season. But at the same time, he makes it up by, you know, creating big defensive plays and turnovers. And so these are the two guys that I'm looking for. 
you know, making a big impact in this game if Wolford can suit up. But I do think Williams should have a chance to make a big play or two in this one. When we come back for the next quarter, we're going to flip the script here a little bit. Sosa is going to be picking me apart a little bit about the Seahawks here. There's certainly been some developments on their roster here in the couple weeks since these two teams met at Lumen Field. Don't go away. You're listening to Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Are we ready for some college football? College football heads in a bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. The NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clear, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Make sure to tune into the game between the Rams and the Seahawks as well as the remaining games on wildcard weekend. It's going to be fun as heck. There's going to be six games instead of the typical four. And don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your sign-up bonus. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the next segment of this crossover edition of the Locked On Rams and Locked On Seahawks podcast. Corbin and I talked about the Rams in the last segment, and now we're going to flip the tables, obviously. I'm going to ask Corbin some interesting questions here about the Seahawks defense, and it sounds like safety Jamal Adams is going to go. I mean, I think at this point, if the guy had one leg, he would play. He's not going to miss this game. You've seen it, you know, just how much it means to him to get to the playoffs after that Week 16 win against the Rams where he was talking about where's my cigar and things like that, right? He's obviously hyped up to finally get into the playoffs, but... I look at the Seattle defense as a whole, and you know, since week 12 up until week 17, they've really transformed by way of you know how good they've been. They rank second in average yards per play allowed at 4.5, and the Rams are only above them, uh, the only team in the NFL, and they rank fourth best in offensive scoring allowed, meaning field goals plus touchdowns, only 18 of those. So what is the biggest change in their performance from the first half of the season? It's got to start up front with the pass rush. They actually have more sacks than any team in the NFL during the last nine games of the season with 34 of them. The Rams and the Cardinals are the next teams in line with 29 apiece. So the NFC West dominating in the pass rushing spectrum, but bringing in Carlos Dunlap, he's been fantastic with five sacks and his eight games with the team. 13 quarterback hits, and everybody else has elevated their game. The guy that has really come on strong the last couple of weeks has been Benson Mayoa. He had six pressures in that first game against the Rams in Week 16. And then last weekend, he had two sacks and four quarterback pressures against the 49ers. So he's back healthy. He had a bit of a high ankle sprain in the middle of the season. He looks 100% right now. He's fresh because he's not playing 80% of the snaps like he was before they got done lapping. You've got those two guys feasting on quarterbacks. Rasheem Green is playing much better the last couple of games. He got a couple hits on Jared Goff in Week 16. Jaron Reed's been playing great. He's banged up right now, so we'll see where he's at by the end of the week. He's dealing with an oblique strain, but 
He's got six sacks in their last eight games, so he's been playing much better, has benefited from having Dunlap there. So that has really helped this defense. And I think Adams coming back from his groin injury and and getting more comfortable in this defense, he's been such a game wrecker. Thinking about the fact that he broke the single-season sack record for defensive backs and he missed four games is just a remarkable accomplishment. It just shows you how unique of a player that he is. He's been better in coverage in recent weeks. He's an outstanding run defender, watching him fly all over the field. And really the secondary, DJ Reed, who was gifted to them by the 49ers, they waved him thinking they could sneak him. He was injured at the time. We can sneak him to injured reserve and we'll just play him next year. Well, the Seahawks ended up claiming him off waivers and he's made it to where Trey Flowers couldn't get his job back when he came back from injured reserve. So Reed's been playing really well, had another really good game against the Rams a few weeks ago. Griffin played well on the outside, didn't have a great game last weekend against the 49ers, but Really, the pass rush up front, the linebackers have been playing well all season long. That group is talented. Jordan Brooks is playing really well now at the end of his rookie season. K.J. Wright is still a monster. Bobby Wagner is still playing at an all-pro level. Those front seven guys have really helped the secondary, which overall has been healthier for the most part. There's been a trickle-down effect there, and the unit's just communicating better. It's been really fun to watch, and historically, there has never been a defense that has made a 180-degree turn near where the Seahawks did going from weeks one through eight to what we've seen in the second half of the season. Yeah, and we both mentioned Adams there, obviously a special player, and Rams fans are very familiar. I mean, you look back to their last contest in week 16 where Jamal Adams makes a hustle and effort play, runs down Daryl Henderson from behind, saving a mm-hmm. what was going to be a walk-in touchdown. And, you know, unfortunately for Henderson, he got hurt. But that ended up being a goal line stand and, and you know, very much turned the game upside down for the Rams offense. But uh, I'm now going to flip to kind of the other side here. Obviously, we talked about it, you know, in the first segment there, the potential change at quarterback for the Rams. It, it could lead to a lot of confusion, I'm guessing, probably for the Seahawks defense and their ability to game plan here because Jared Goff and John Wolford are complete opposites when it comes to their skill sets. And the offenses, I think, are going to operate differently depending on which quarterback is in there. Do you think that the Seattle defense could have some issues game planning for that Rams offense if a guy like Wolford does go under center? Like, I know, uh, obviously, the Seahawks played, you know, against Kyler Murray twice this season. Have they had success against guys like that that are very similar to Wolford in terms of their play style? So it's interesting. So so the first matchup against the Cardinals, Kyler Murray had some success running the football, and he actually scored a touchdown. But when they played him again in Week 11, they shut him down. He wasn't able to get outside in a couple read option keepers that they ran. K.J. Wright blew him up for a couple-yard loss in the backfield. I mean, they were not able to get their run game going at all. And so – They've really made strides in that department, too. That being said, playing against a well-coached, well-schemed Rams offense that Sean McVay is going to be orchestrating on the sidelines and having to deal with a quarterback that provides that mobile threat, I do think that is something that could be a little bit concerning here. Now, on the flip side, if I'm the Seahawks defensively, I'm looking at this game thinking, okay, if they're going to be playing John Wolford, I'm going to be trying to force him to beat me downfield. You're almost going to be egging the Rams on to try to win vertically because where I think John Wolford's biggest strength as a passer is between the numbers and the short to intermediate game. He has some zip on the ball there where he is going to fall short as he doesn't have a big arm with the downfield throws. And so if I'm the Seahawks, I I am really tightening up my coverage inside the numbers 
and maybe give my outside corners a little bit more freedom and saying, look, if you're going to beat us over the top, then cool. We don't think you can do it. And so I think that's how the Seahawks would handle that from a schematic standpoint. If Jared Goff's out there, it's a little different. I think they have a little more fear in his ability to be able to get the ball downfield, even though that hasn't been his biggest strength since he came into the league out of Cal. He just has a bigger arm. And so that changes things a little bit. But obviously they're going to have to deal with the mobility aspect. The defensive ends on their pass rush route, their pass rushing plan is going to have to be catered to not get too far upfield because you don't want the quarterback to have a crease opened up and he can tuck and run that's not as big of a concern when you're playing Jared Goff against Wolford it certainly is and so I think a lot of their defensive strategy is going to be the same because a lot of the route concepts and stuff will be similar but there will be some big differences I think going into the game if the Seahawks see that John Wolford's under center with how they play coverage and most importantly how they tell their defensive ends and their outside linebackers to play in contain and be prepared for that designed quarterback run game yeah looking at the offense now they usually rank pretty well, right? When you exclude the games against the Rams, they rank 12th in EPA per play at 0.070. In the two games against the Rams, they rank 29th in EPA per play at negative 0.089. So we know that, you know, these two games with the Rams and the Seahawks for both sides have largely been an offensive struggle. And, you know, it comes as no surprise. Obviously, the Rams are one of the best defenses in the football, probably the best defense and the Seahawks are playing way better, like we mentioned, you know, over this second half of the season when it comes to their defensive play. Is there any expectation as to what people think of this offense versus the Rams's elite defense? Or, you know, has the coaching staff or team even delved into what they maybe intend to do versus this defense to kind of muster a little bit more production on the offensive side of the ball in this third contest? You know, Pete Carroll was talking about it after the game Sunday when they just squeaked by the 49ers a three-point victory, and he was talking about how the offense, and I'm not going to be able to word for word get this down, but it had to do with the patience on offense that fans don't necessarily like. And that's kind of how they've had to play the last three weeks, in part because the offensive line has had some starters missing. And I think going against a bunch of really good defensive lines, think about it this way. They had to play Washington, then the Rams, and then the 49ers, who still have a pretty solid defensive line, even with some of the injuries they've had. They've had to face those three units back-to-back-to-back weeks, and they won all three games. But they had to rely more on the short-to-intermediate game when it came to the passing game, and they were focusing more on the run game. And I think a lot of it just had to do – they felt they had to game plan that way, and they haven't taken as many shots downfield, and really they're just being risk-averse. I think we could see that change a little bit this week for one primary reason. I mentioned the offensive line being banged up. This is going to be the first time in the three matchups against the Rams that the Seahawks will have all five of their starting offensive linemen on the field. And how big of a deal is that? They've only played five games with those five starters this year. They have averaged over 36 points per game in those five games. In the 11 games where they've had at least one starter missing, they've averaged a little over 25 points per game. So we're talking an 11-point swing there. Brandon Shell has been fantastic for them. He's going to be back in this game playing against the Rams. And they're going to have Mike Upati back at left guard, who was playing really well before he injured his neck a couple weeks ago. And so getting those two guys back in the lineup with the other three starters is really going to be a big difference maker. And their depth up front has been much better. But still, having all five of those starters in the lineup against this Rams defensive line, I think we might see Russell Wilson have a little bit more time. And I think the Seahawks will be better working against stunts 
with those veterans back on the field. The communication hasn't been as good with some of the other backups in the lineup in recent weeks. I think that'll be shored up some with the experience they're bringing back into that lineup. And so that's going to open up more opportunities for Russell Wilson. I'm not saying they're going to drop back 40 times. That's not going to be the game plan, but I think there might be more opportunities for him to have a little bit more time in the pocket so that he can get the ball downfield. And maybe they'll be a bit more aggressive than they have been in the last two games in this series. And I think it all comes down to the pass protection up front. We talked about it in the prior segment. Uh, You know, I name dropped two guys on the Rams, one on offense, one on defense in terms of the X factors that I believe, you know, could step up in this game and make a potential impact. So now it's your turn. Who on this Seahawks roster one on offense, one on defense. Are you keeping an eye on in this game to you know potentially make an impact in this one? So on the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to go with the old standby, Greg Olson. He has not had a great year statistically. He's been battling a foot injury. They held him out in the season finale just to rest him up. He did play against the Rams in week 16. He had one catch, but This is what Greg Olson was signed for. The Seahawks wanted to have that reliable veteran tight end that has been through the playoff rigor. He knows what it takes to get to the Super Bowl. And something tells me with the way the Rams are are playing on the outside, with how good their corners are, we saw Jacob Hollister. He probably should have had two touchdowns that game against the Rams and Russell Wilson overthrew one of them. I think Greg Olson is going to be healthier than he was in that first matchup, especially after getting last week off to keep him fresh. I think Greg Olson comes through with a big game, and he only has one touchdown this season. I think he finds the end zone in Saturday's game. I think Greg Olson is going to come through for this team when they absolutely need him. And on the defensive side of the football, I'm going to go with Rasheem Green. He's been playing really well the last three or four games, five quarterback hits the last three games, and He's going to get a lot of snaps. Even if Jaron Reed plays in this game, Rasheem Green is has really become their number four defensive tackle at around 285 pounds, and he has gotten much stronger. He is a beast to try to block and pass protection with his athleticism being a defensive end, reduced inside as well. Like I said, he got two hits on Jared Goff last time, and I think that athleticism, especially if Wolford plays in this game, is going to be very valuable in obvious passing situations from the three tech spot. Most definitely. You know, there's a lot of players to look out for. There is no secrets between these two teams. They play twice. Uh, There's been a lot of carryover from previous seasons last year, two years ago, uh, same coaching staff, same players, mostly there's no secrets, right? Everything's going to be on the table here. A lot of marbles, uh, you know, for uh, both teams to kind of fight for here. And like you mentioned before, whoever wins is going to keep, their season alive and whoever loses is going to start prepping for the off season and for the next season. But in the final segment, right after the break, Corbin and I are going to share our score predictions for this game. Stick around. You guys don't want to miss it. The fitness industry is incredibly confusing and oversaturated with BS. I'd like to think my word holds a lot of weight as I've lost 155 pounds over the last 26 months. With that being the case, I've been on the lookout for the perfect protein bar and I finally stumbled upon one called the built bar. You need to check these guys out. They're absolutely delicious and they offer 18 different flavors so you can never really get bored. The bars are also healthy, they're low in calories, low in sugar, they've got 19 grams of protein per bar, they're high in fiber, and they even work for those on the keto diet. You even get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Looking for a Sunday pregame show that talks about every game and every team in depth? Check out the Locked On NFL Sunday show live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern. No sketches, no celebrity cameos, no fluff. 
Just football every Sunday morning with hosts Cody Rourke and Ross Jackson. Follow and subscribe to Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And don't forget to turn on notifications to be notified when the show goes live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern. Welcome back to Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Corbin Smith of Locked On Seahawks, joining forces with Sosa Cremendous of Locked On Rams. Second time in three weeks the Seahawks and Rams are facing off, and the stakes were pretty high in the last matchup. There was an NFC West title hanging in the balance, but the stakes are even higher this time around, Sosa. It's win or go home in the wildcard round of the playoffs. Seahawks and Rams at Lumen Field. Obviously, the Rams, we don't know who's going to be playing in the quarterback position. It could be Jared Goff. It could be John Wolford for a second week in a row. The Seahawks have some injury questions going to this game. Jamal Adams says he's going to play. We don't know the status of Jaron Reed. Seahawks are hoping to have him out there, but certainly some injuries. That's the case this time of year for every team that's still playing, trying to just get enough healthy players out there so they can advance. How do you see this game playing out? Are the Rams going to be able to avenge that Week 16 loss and advance to the divisional round, or is this going to be a case where the Rams are one and done in the postseason? Yeah, you know, I'm thinking back to the first contest between these two teams. I believe that I picked the Rams in that one, uh, and then in the Week 16 one, I believe I predicted that the Seahawks would win. I, I just had a feeling that that was going to happen. But going into this one, I'm going to pendulum swing back to the Rams. I think they are going to take that Week 16 game personal, uh, the defense in specific. I, I think they're just going to really turn it up a notch here. Uh, they have the star power to do it. They have the secondary players to do it, the tertiary players to you know fill in the gaps there. I think they're going to really be angry. You heard Aaron Donald talk about it after the game in Week 17. After the win, he was asked, you know, you guys are going to get the Seahawks. How do you feel about it? And he said, that's exactly who we wanted. And, you know, that's not a guy you want to piss off. So I think the defense is going to play another marvelous game against the Seahawks offense. Uh, and then on the offensive side of the ball, depending on what happens at quarterback, it's hard to say, obviously. I think they're going to find a way to muster up enough production to win this game. And I think it's going to be a close game like the first two were. I'm going to go with the Rams 20 to 17 in this game. Like I said, you know, I think it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be any heavy weight when it comes to, you know, offensive production. I think it's going to be a lot more of a offensive struggle and a lot better defensive play for both teams. But I do think the Rams are going to win this game 20 to 17. Uh, but I think it's going to be a close one either way, even if the Rams do lose this one. So who do you got? I'm actually going to go the opposite direction, but we have very similar scores. I do think that this is going to be a dogfight. I think the Rams are going to get more points on the board, regardless of who's playing quarterback. I expect Sean McVay is going to have a better offensive game plan here. And and again, this is kind of why I think it would be intriguing to see John Wolford out there is just the mobility factor. I think it does add another dimension. As, as I did say, though, the downfield passing game is compensated some when you do that, too. And so there's little give and take. I do think the mobility at quarterback, though, can be an equalizer in a wild card game like this between two pretty evenly matched teams away from the quarterback position. I, I just think the Seahawks, and again, last time I thought they were going to score more points than they did. I keep waiting for this offense to wake up. This week, I think with the offensive line being fully intact at full strength, 
I think the Seahawks are going to be able to find the end zone a little bit earlier than they did the last game. Got to remember it was tied at six at halftime. I don't think it's going to be quite that low scoring, uh, but I'm going to go 24 to 20 Seahawks. I think Russell Wilson's able to throw a couple touchdown passes. Again, Greg Olson is going to make an impact play, get a touchdown in this game. And defensively, I think they're going to find just enough ways to get key stops when they need them to. I don't think they're going to be as dominant as they were in the first matchup. But this defense has continued to play well. I don't expect them to lay an egg. It's going to be a close one. These two teams really can't stand playing each other. And I just think at the end of the day, the Seahawks have a few more horses right now, especially with the quarterback situation for the Rams. But I have much respect for what Sean McVay has done with this Rams squad. And and like Jamal Adams said today, you've got to be fully prepared for everything they're going to throw at you. So I'm expecting it's going to go down to the wire going to be a really close one. I just think the Seahawks squeak by and advance to the divisional round with a 24-20 win. Yeah, it's going to be a great contest either way, I think. Obviously, this is part three between two divisional foes. And unfortunately for you know the 12s and, and or Rams Nation, somebody has to lose and somebody's season has to end. Uh, but that's all we got. Enjoy the game on Saturday. As you guys probably know, it's scheduled for a 4.40 p.m. Eastern, 1.40 p.m. Pacific kickoff. Best of luck to both teams. It's going to be a great contest, like I mentioned, between these two divisional foes. Thank you, listeners, for tuning into another crossover episode of the Locked On Rams and Locked On Seahawks podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.